Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his power-packed series entitled Authority. Get your pen and your pad ready. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, today we're going to pick up with part two of a new series entitled Authority. I, I really needed to give the title a longer uh, description because we're really looking at authority, not from faith perspective, which we, we've always had, but we're looking at it from the perspective of grace, which really changes how we receive and how we actually uh, live this information when we see it from his perspective and not ours. So on last week, I'm not going to really go back over everything that I said. I'm just going to do a quick intro and then pick up with new information. You can always go to our, our website and get the information from last week. It's in the Version Bible app. You can join our YouTube page. But make sure you're here last week because it will make this week's information make much more sense. So we talked about in our introduction, as new creations, we have been put uh, in a position of power and authority, and it is a position delegated to us by God through Jesus Christ. And along with that authority comes certain responsibilities. So I want, we're examining God's Word concerning that position of authority that we have in Him. Now, all of us, when we received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we were delivered from the power of darkness. Now, I want to really make sure that gets in you. We are not trying to get delivered. I'm not trying to stop lying. I'm not trying to stop cussing. I'm not trying to stop things. I mean, you know, I've already been delivered from those things. Now, my mind needs to be renewed to what I've been delivered from so I can actually walk in it. You all understand the difference? All right. So now, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 uh, really kind of drives that point home. When we received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we were delivered from that power. We weren't delivered from darkness, but we were delivered from the power of it. And let's understand that a little bit more. Colossians 1.13 says, He delivered us from the power, exousia, or mastery, which is delegated uh, influence or authority that Satan has that he received from Adam. When Adam sinned, I mean, no, Adam was the God of this world. He had complete reign and authority over it. But when he sinned, he literally gave that authority over to Satan. And Satan became what is called the God of this world. Now, someone on last week, so I inserted this into the message. Turn with me or put it up on the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And someone needed a little bit more clarity. And, and again, I like it because I shouldn't say things that I don't show you that are actually in the Scripture. Sometimes I make the assumption you already know it, but I have to remember there are always new people who don't know. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read 3 and 4 out of the New King James Version, and I want you to see it for yourself. So he's delivered us from the power of darkness and then conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And how many know we are not in both? That would be schizophrenic, right? We're in one or the other. But let's just show you how Satan is the God of this world. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4 out of the New King James Version says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled. That word veiled means covered to those who are perishing. So notice it's covered to those who are 
perishing. Or in other words, they have like blinders on and they, their eyes have been covered and this is what causes them to perish. It says, Whom, whose mind the God, lowercase g, of this age has blinded. And that is referring to Satan. So when you see someone and they just can't see it and they can't get it, it's not you. Right? It's your job to deliver the information. You can't force them to receive it. And what you've got to understand in that context, Satan is the one that has blinded their minds. Right? So that they can't really see, comprehend, or understand what you're trying to communicate. Now, notice what it goes on to say. Whose minds the God, referring to Satan, of this age has blinded, who do not believe. Then it says, lest the glorious light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, notice the only way when people are fighting against hearing the truth and receiving the truth, we need to pray for them that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, right? That whatever is blinding their eyes, whatever, whatever Satan is using to blind their eyes, right, that it would be removed and the glorious light of the gospel would shine unto them so that they can come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And that I am praying for someone watching online, someone in this room today. Whatever is blinding your minds from receiving this glorious light of the gospel, it is removed now. You will see clearly today. You will hear clearly today. You will receive and be converted. Your life will be changed, and you'll never be the same again. I need every believer in here to agree with that and say amen. All right, and so I wanted you to see that. I don't know if it ever went up on the screen, but write it down for yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, did that ever go up on the screen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4, New King James Version. So now, back to Colossians. The word power is literally transferred or delegated authority. So you have been delivered from the power or authority of darkness and placed into the kingdom of God or God's kingdom. Somebody says dark, somebody say darkness. Has no authority over my life. Say it from your chest like you mean it. Say, darkness has no authority over my life. Do you believe that today? Do you know you can literally look at whatever is not like God in your life and tell it and command it to leave? Listen to this, and it has to obey you if you really believe what you commanded. And we'll get into that as we get further into this. So all power was given to Jesus after his resurrection, and then he instructed us to go. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, we're going to go by that. We looked at Romans 5, 18, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I just wanted to set that foundation. Everything else we've already talked about, we looked at understanding authority, uh, point number one, point number two. Uh, we looked at what is power. And then let's pick up today with Jesus has been given all authority. Now, I'm going to challenge your faith and I'm going to challenge your belief system because either he has or he hasn't. We cannot cherry pick. We can't say he has in this area, but he doesn't over this area. All right, I'm going to be real specific and clear today, okay? So, Jesus has been given all authority. Matthew 28, 18, let's look back at that again. Verse 18 says, Jesus stated, all, or letter A, Jesus stated that all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. So, notice he said, in heaven and in earth. 
So if he has all authority, what's left after all? So that means Satan has none over your life as long as you're in him. We give Satan a little bit more credit than what he deserves. He is a lion, but he has no teeth. So really all he can do is gum you and, and tickle you with his gums. So how many know he looks powerful, but he really has no power? So he has this way of making everything look worse in our lives than what it actually is. All right, so Jesus said, all power has been given to me. Letter B, the Greek word translated power is the word for authority. So he's saying all authority has been given to me uh, in heaven and in earth. Again, what's left after all? So if he has all of it, Satan has none of it over our lives. I'm going somewhere with this today. Letter C, the authority to exercise power given to Jesus covers all of heaven and all of earth. So as long as we are in him, believe it or not, we have authority in two realms. Which means whatever we're lacking on earth, how many know we can pull it out of the heavenly realms? I need all Jesus. We literally can, right? We can literally pull what we need right into this earthly realm. But how many know it all comes from heaven? See, see, when you get healed, I didn't heal you. God healed you. And guess where that came from? When you get blessed financially, how many know the person that gave it to you is the one God used? But guess where it ultimately came from? Which is why we need to stop worshiping people and, and really give all the glory back to where it originated from in the first place. Everybody clear? All right, so now. So the Greek word translated as power in this verse is the word for authority. Letter C, to, or that authority to exercise power given to Jesus, and I'm, and I'm over-communicating here, covers all of heaven and all of earth. All right? So I need you all to understand, God made provision for your life before you were ever born. And God took every form of sickness and disease and wiped it away from your life. And in him, it has no authority to touch your life. And if it does, somehow it gets past your prayer life and the word, hello, somebody, because we're human beings, we make mistakes. Once you identify it, then how many of y'all know you can go right back to the source and command it to leave your life? So now, number four, Jesus is in a position of authority. And again, I want to take my time here because a lot of things we're asking him to do for us, in his mind, he's already done, and he's sitting down waiting on you to do and to appropriate what he's already done for you. So while we're saying, get him, Jesus, Jesus is saying, I already got him. And I need you to enforce, hello, somebody, what I've already done for you. So Jesus is in a position of authority. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, verses 19 through 23. Now, I already understand for all of you Bible scholars out there, you don't start 
anything in the middle of the verse. I'm only starting here because I want to emphasize something. Then we'll go back and read everything that led up to that because I think you'll understand it a little bit better. So let's read Ephesians chapter 1, 19 through 23. The Passion Translation says, I pray that you will continually, continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Believe it or not, folks, we're supposed to experience his power all the time, not just in church on Sunday. All right, and that word power there is dunamis. I'm going to talk more about it later. It means miraculous ability. God has the ability to get you out of your situation. I actually said that wrong. God's ability has already gotten you out of your situation. Your mind needs to be renewed to that truth. Everybody clear? So now, so I pray that you will continually, this is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus, that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Now, this word faith here is pistio, not pistis. I don't know why I never looked at that. But pistio is different. It's really faith in a person. And then you literally look it up in the Greek, and it says, especially one spiritual well-being to Christ. So now what we're really talking about is putting all your stock in what someone has done for you. Watch this. And believing it. You're more than a conqueror. I got two people that believe. You can literally do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All your needs are met according to his riches and glory. You might not have it right now, but he, he, he does. And if you'll tap into him, how many of y'all know he'll release it to you? All right, let's keep going here. So we're really talking about, see, we put all our faith in stuff. Put all your faith in a person, and he'll release all the stuff. You see, you see all see the difference? I hope somebody catches this today. Notice what it says here in the Passion Treasure. Then your lives, after you experience the immeasurable greatness of his power that's been made available, available to you because you put all your trust in Jesus. So, so really, my assignment with this series is to get you out of both kingdoms and get you solely into one. So a lot of us, we are in the kingdom of God on Sunday. Don't shout me down now. I, I feel a level of enthusiasm and unknown to mankind with, with this statement getting ready to come, right? But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then we want to get that off of us on Sunday. All right, let's keep reading here. So then your lives will be an advertisement, I love this, of the immense power as it works through you. Other people will see your life as a billboard for the power and miraculous ability of God working at all times. Which means when you lose your job, you get a better job. Which means when you get sick, you get well. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. I believe the Spirit of God is trying to help somebody. I'm talking about when you are treated wrong, you bless them for treating you wrong. 
So y'all didn't like that. That's the best one to shout on right there, right? Your life becomes an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. This, this is so good. This is the mighty power that raised and released, that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to a place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted, exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and we're going to talk about what that means, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned. Let me make sure I insert this right here, which means if the government says something that's contrary to God, guess which one I'm following? I will only follow the government as they follow Christ. I know these are controversial statements, but when you're in one wholeheartedly, you already know it trumps the other. So I'm going to trust God till the end. And so, so, so some, somebody got to prove that they're better than him for me to believe. But until then, I'm going to stick with what I know works. Right? I know there are a lot of religions out here, but there's only one empty tomb. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I need a little help in church today. Come on, I feel it coming at me. I'm going to come right back at you. I said, I said, I know there are a lot of religions out there, but there's only one empty tomb. Come on, you go to every other tomb of every other founder, and you'll still see their bones. But if you go to the tomb where Jesus lay, come on, somebody, you will see that there are no bones, nobody, because he is not there. And he got up with all power in his hand, and he gave that power to us. So we have power and authority over sickness, over disease, over poverty, over lack, and over anything that did not come from him. So now he is exalted far above every ruler. He just, he's just not exalted above him. He's exalted above every demonic power. See, these are classes of demonic spirits. They're not greater than him. These are governmental influences, which a lot of times the demonic forces influence and are in control of which is why they can never be consistent with their information because you can't be lie you can't lie and, and be consistent all the way through you got to keep trying to cover yourself every other that's why one week is one way next week is another way the next week is another way i mean no i'm not going on that roller coaster ride i'm going to stay right with jesus come on somebody because it's so you can't be consistent with lies. And he alone, somebody say alone, alone, is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. So if you're in the church, then the leader of your life and the source of everything you need comes from one person. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Can somebody shout that name? Jesus. 
I just want to make, type in just one word, Jesus. Everybody watching online, just type it in, Jesus. There's so much power in that name. I wish, I wish, I wish another variant would come up and try to touch itself against my body. It can combine itself with all eight of the other ones and come touch this body, and it's going to die instantly. Come on, I said it's going to die instantly. Not in the name of Joel Gregory. It's going to die instantly in the name of Jesus. I will say to it, in the name of Jesus, I have been given authority over your name. And you have no right to dwell in this body. You have no right to attach yourself to this body. I have been delivered from sickness, poverty, and eternal death. God paid a huge ransom and a tremendous price through his shed blood for me to walk in this freedom. Come on, somebody. And I will not allow some enemy that has been defeated to take that from me. Somebody say, I have authority. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I have authority. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus, everything. And he has given him the highest rank above all others. So all of those demons have classes, but they don't outrank him. Hello, somebody. How I many know we have classes of leadership in our government? But the president is not higher than Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus is so powerful, he can set him up and he can take him down. Hello, somebody. Right? Which is why we want to pray that righteousness is in seats of authority. Because the scripture tells us that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. So don't vote your economy. Vote righteousness. You're trying to see which one follows God the closest, because neither one of them will. But one will follow more than the other. Hello, somebody. And so which one is following more is the one that you want to try to vote for. But you're not going to get everything out of both of them. Hello, somebody. Which is why at the end of the day, you don't really concern yourself about what they do. Because we operate in a higher kingdom. The world is going through economy. The church is being blessed beyond measure. Saints are getting raises, promotions, paying off bills, paying off cars, getting new cars, paying off houses. Come on, somebody. Inflation is at an all-time high. It's not impacting the body of Christ at all. Come on, folks. While it's getting darker and darker in the world, it's getting brighter and brighter in the church. And we've got to be clear as we get closer and closer to his return, you cannot be vacillating between two opinions. So if God is God, then serve him. But if Satan is God, then serve him. I'll actually respect you more. Don't play with God. See, that's how I am. If I'm going to sin, then I'm, I'm going all out. Come on, somebody. Why, why play with that? I, I ain't even coming to church on Sunday. And then I'm telling you why I'm not going to church, because I ain't into that. It's not what I do. I'm a sinner. So I'm going to do that at the highest level. That's what I do. I'm going to be real about that. I'm going to be as real about that as you see me right now. I'm going to smoke it up, blow it up. Hello, somebody. I'm gonna, whatever it is, I'm doing it. I ain't even playing with church. You go to church. 
I'm going to the club. I would actually, God would respect that more. You say, well, give me chapter and verse, Pastor Revelations. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. But he said, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Come on, you understand that even if you're from the world. No, nobody won't know half-baked, half-committed. Come on, somebody. You ain't running with nobody that's not all in. I actually only want to run with people. If we all go in together, we all coming out together. And we ain't leaving nobody behind. Come on, somebody. Come on, I need a real church. Come on, God is looking for a real, a real church, right, who understands its authority. Now we, the church, his body, on the earth, and that which fills him who is being filled by it. So notice, as we're obeying, we're really filling him and then filling ourselves at the same time. All right, letter A. So let's kind of break this down a little bit. Jesus has been raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father God, which is the highest honor and supreme authority. Letter B, Jesus is in the position of authority above all rulers, authorities, governments, and every realm of power in existence. I want to say this. I have all the respect in the world for the CDC, and I honor them. I just will not honor the CDC more than I honor the G-O-D. That's really all it is for me. So I honor them in line with but I don't take out God and only listen. Right? And I'm going to just tell you why. To, to, to believe that man can make something greater than what God gave me is to say man is greater than God. So if I need what you made, right, to keep me, something's a little, little concerned about that. I'm not knocking it one way or the other. I know God ordained doctors and all of that. All I'm saying is I'm going to go to him first and give him full opportunity to be what he said he is in my life before I turn to anything else. Oh, I need somebody to say amen in here. My, I need somebody to say amen in here. So, so I hope you didn't hear me wrong. I'm not against at all. I'm just for God. And I'm going to give God 100% opportunity to be everything he said he is in my life before I turn to anything else. And so far, all I've needed is God. So, so until something proves that it's better and greater, I'm sticking with God. Feel like I made Satan mad again. Can we just give another real good praise in this place? I feel like that upset him again. He said, he said, preacher, you taking money out of my pocket now. Praise, let's praise God a little louder. I can almost hear Satan right now. Preacher, you taking money out of my pocket now. Can we praise God a little bit louder for that? Man? Preacher, you're taking away my control over these people. Can, can we praise God a little louder for that? 
preacher, these people are not going to do everything I've been instructing them to do. If you keep on teaching that stuff that way, they're going to realize they're more powerful than I am. They're going to realize that they actually have authority over me and I don't have authority over them. They're going to realize that God has already met all of their needs. They're going to realize that they are kings and priests in the earth and they can command stuff and it has to be done and there's nothing I can do about it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, if you only knew who you were sitting next to, because me in him is nothing to be played with. Come on, somebody go ahead and give God glory for that. Right? Nothing to be played with. Letter B. Jesus is in the position of authority, again, above all rulers, authorities, governments, and every realm of power in existence. This covers this present age and the age which is to come. Letter C, verse 21 in the Young's literal translation. Minister Mary will appreciate that translation right there. That goes back about 25 years of the Holy Bible reads, far above all principalities and authority and might, listen to this, and lordship, and every name, name, not only in this age, but also in the one that is coming. So God has you covered in this life and in the next life. And how we live in this life, how I many know it's only a down payment on how we'll live in the next life. So, right, so, so again, I'm trying to help you. So if there's no sickness and disease in heaven, we should be practicing down here on earth. If there's no lack in heaven, we should be practicing down here on earth. See, he's just trying to get you used to how he wants you to live throughout all eternity. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Okay, number five, and we'll come on down the home stretch for part two. All things have been put beneath the authority of Jesus. All things, all of them. Where have they been put? All right. And so now Hebrews tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, right? With his foot up on a footstool. And the scripture says that he's expecting his enemies. So if he's seated, we're the ones enforcing. Now, again, I know I won't be popular, but sickness is an enemy of God. Disease is an enemy of God. Lack is an enemy of God. Death is the ultimate enemy of God, which is why he defeated all of them. All right, and so our job, this is life on earth is dress rehearsal. Right? So if sickness attaches itself, we need to resist that and not accept it. Right? And let's just start with a cold. At some point, you've got to start practicing what you believe. So instead of running to the medicine cabinet, right, instead of having a house full of medicine just in case you get sick, why don't you get rid of all of it because you don't believe you can get sick? Then only go get it if you need it. 
but don't have it preparing for flu season. Oh, that's right. Nobody gets that anymore. Don't get it for a cold season. Oh, that's right. Nobody gets that anymore. No such thing as a flu or a cold anymore. But I'm going to go buy all that today. Somebody give God glory in this place. I said, somebody give God glory in this place. And then we see you with, without, right? Okay. You this, you, you double this, and you still get that. Now you need this. So I'm going to just stay right here with Jesus. <laughs> Let y'all go through all that. Boy, I just love God. Anybody else in here love God? Say it again. Say, I have, I have authority. authority. Mm -hmm. Say it again. Say, I have, I have authority. authority. Mm -hmm. I can get the job I want. I can start the business I want to start. I can go back and earn a degree if I want to do that. Come on, I can do whatever I want to do in him. Mess with me if you want to. That's how you need to be every day. Anytime something come your way that wasn't from God, what? You, you don't want none of this. You saw what happened to your leader over 2,000 years ago. Come on, somebody. We need to keep enforcing. Now, let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to read them fast, and then we'll dissect them. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and the faithful in Christ Jesus. That's interesting that he emphasized the faithful, not just those that are in Christ Jesus, but the faithful that are in Christ Jesus. Grace, careers, favor, influence, benefit be to you in peace, irony, quietness, rest, prosperity. Your lives will be set at one again from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, past tense, with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Notice all of the in hymns in Christ and his wills. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together and want all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. See, you should be getting this by now. It's not about you. Somebody says about him and his will. 
not me, and my will. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, uh, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not in stuff, in Jesus, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, a lot of us want wisdom for what we're going through. Really, what you want is more revelation about Jesus, and then he'll give you the wisdom on how to go through your situation. But all the wisdom, listen to this, is actually in him. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding, what we talked about earlier, being enlightened, which is happening to many people right now, that you may know what is the hope. Watch this now. Now, for years, this is how I would pray this, that I may know the hope of my calling. It's, it's not the hope of my calling. It's the hope of his calling, which he left right here in this word. So even if I'm an accountant, how many of y'all know I need to know what his will is? for my accounting business. And I want to do my accounting business his way and not my way, which means I want to have integrity. I want to do things the right way. Right? You all see that? See, we've been praying for that we would know what is the hope of our calling. And really what you want to know, what is the hope of his calling for your life? Because how many know it might be different than what you want to do with your life? I'm actually not doing what I went to college to do. Amen. I'm actually not doing what I thought I wanted to do with my life. Once I got saved and I came under his authority, I'm, I'm actually doing what he wanted me to do. Everybody clear on that? Y'all still glad you came to church today? Anybody getting anything out of this? All right, let's keep going now. Let's keep going. So it's the hope of whose will? All right, his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, right? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. I'm going to close with just kind of what the wisdom of all of this is. The Greek word for blessing in verse 3 is the word eulogia, which means benefit. How many of y'all know you have benefits in Christ? Amen. You don't have benefits outside of Christ. Where do you have benefits? In Christ. Okay, let's look at what some of those are. Letter A, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. So to know that you have been chosen before the foundation of the world is to know that your life matters. So listen, I don't care how you got here, you are not an accident. You are here on purpose and by God's design, and God has something great in store for your life. 
I don't care what your background is. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what side of the tracks you were born on. I don't care if you were born with money. I don't care if you were born without money. You are chosen by God before the foundation of the world, and God has a tremendous purpose for your life. You are not here by accident. You are a product of natural selection. God has been thinking about your destiny. Listen to this. Long before he ever said, let there be light, he had Adrian on his mind. Come on, somebody. He had Kevin on his mind. He had you on his mind, and he had a divine purpose. You got here because you are God's design, and you are God's purpose, and he chose you before he ever created this world. You are not an accident. Letter B, you are holy and blameless. In Christ, verse 4, you are holy and blameless. This means that you are fit to serve him and worship him despite your shortcomings. Listen, I don't know if anybody's ever told you before, but we all have shortcomings. Right? And thank God he's not dealing with us after our shortcomings. He's dealing with us after him and what his son has done for us. Folks, God enjoys where you are in life right now. He understands that you are not where you need to be, but he also knows and celebrates you are not where you used to be. Come on, stop beating yourself up. You are making progress. You are moving the needle. Just keep getting better one day at a time because in him you are holy and you are blameless. Let her see. You are in his love. I love this one. In Christ, you stand in agape and unconditional love. You cannot earn it today. Today, you are unconditionally loved in Christ. God is not like us. I love you because you love me. If you treat me right, then I'll treat you right. If you're good to me, then I'll be good to you. God is not that way. God says when you are at your worst, I will love you at your best. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. You've got to thank God and receive God for that because he is giving you an unconditional love in his son. He's saying there's nothing you did to earn it and there is nothing that you can do to lose it. Come on, wrap your arms around yourself today and say, Jesus, I receive your unconditional love. Letter D, according to verse 5, you are predestined to adoption. God has predetermined to call you his own son or daughter in Christ. He has selected you to be his son or his daughter. You are a part of his family. He is your father. Folks, many times when parents adopt a child, they go through a selection process for making a decision on who they will adopt and who they won't adopt. In other words, I like that one. I don't like that one. I like that one. I don't like that one. When God said, saw you, he said, I love everything about you just the way that you are, and I want that one all to myself. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that right now. You were predestined to be adopted. God already went through his decision-making process uh, about you a long time ago, over 2,000 years ago. He made the decision that he wanted to adopt you as one of his very own children. And listen to me. If God is your father, then you have everything that you need. Folks, it's not fair, but I will take it every single time. I grew up without a father, but God has been more than a, of a father to me than I could have ever had in my natural life. I would have loved to have had both. But I mean, oh, God has more than made up the difference. If you'll just allow him 
to be the father to you that he desires to be, you'll see that he's better than any earthly father you will ever meet. Letter F, we get redemption through his blood. Outside of Christ, you were a slave to sin and destined for eternal death. You couldn't buy or earn your way out of it. But the price of your redemption was the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus, listen to this, wasn't a slave, but he became a slave so that you could be free. Somebody thank God for that freedom today. We have redemption through his blood as long as we are in him. Letter G, this is the one I'm one of the ones I'm the most thankful for. We have forgiveness of sins. I don't know about you all, but I probably have millions of them, especially before I got saved. Anyone in here willing to admit that? And he forgave every single one of them. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that. Notice, he didn't forgive them because of me. He forgave, forgave him because of what his son did for me. And as long as I'm in him, then I get the benefit of that. So in your life, you have turned your back on God. All of us have morally. All of us have consciously rebelled against his word in our own hearts. All of us have done this. All of us have ignored the wisdom and thought. And we just went on and said, you know what? Many times we've all said, I'm going to do it my way because I'm wiser. How I many know in spite of all of that, he still forgave us? Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that. Letter H, the riches of his grace abound towards you. Grace means unmerited favor, according to verse 7 and 8. Abound means to have an abundance. In Christ, there is an abundant measure of unmerited favor flowing in your life like a river that will last from here into eternity. And that favor goes before you, it surrounds you, and it follows up behind you. How many of y'all ever pulled up at the grocery store and all the spots were taken? And then you just decide to go back around one more time. And then right when you went around, the first spot closest to the door opened right up. How many of you know that was just God letting you know you're my favorite child? Come on, has that happen to ever happen to anybody else in here? It happens all the time to us. And if we're paying attention, how many know God is favoring us all day, every day? Right? Somebody in this room right now, God has favored you. Right? You, you are struggling to pay your utility bills. Who is that right now? Raise your hand. Just struggling to pay your utility bills. Come here, young lady. God was thinking about you before you ever even showed up in the service today. And he said, I love my daughter so much that he touched somebody's heart last week. They wrote a letter, and they said, give this to somebody who is struggling to pay their utility bill. And that's going to help them out right there. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory in this place. Come on, I said somebody ought to give God glory in this place. God had that woman on his mind. God knew he was, she was going to be here today. God knew where she was going to sit today. God touched somebody's heart last week for that to take place because God favors us that much. Letter I, God made known to us the mystery of his will. In a fallen world of war, pandemics, suffering, disease, a sinful world, uh, when bad things sometimes happen to good people, God has revealed his solution to us, and he wrapped up every answer that we would ever need in this word. Yes, yes, amen. Folks, I'm so thankful 
to have this in my life. Because I didn't have direction. I didn't have order. Come on, somebody. I didn't know how to treat the opposite sex. Come on, I didn't know how to do nothing. And he opened up the mystery of this will to me. And it has revolutionized my life. Hallelujah. Has this word revolutionized anybody else's life in this building? Come on, I asked a sincere question. Has this word revolutionized anybody else's life in this building? Letter I, he made known to us the mystery of his will. Letter J, we obtained an internal inheritance. Revelations 21.4 describes heaven in the following manner. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more disease, no more crying. All right? There will be no need for light in this city because the Lamb, Jesus, will light the city up. Folks, that's our future. I'm so excited about my eternal future. Letter K, we all heard the word of truth according to verse 13. God's truth is light in darkness. We're not without counsel. We're not left in the dark. We have heard his good news and discovered the path of life. Like somebody sitting in this room today, you heard the good news, and it's helping you discover the path of life. You just have a choice right now to either align yourself with it or continue on a different path. I know you'll make the right decision today. Online and in the room. I know you'll make the right decision. Letter I, we've been sealed, or letter L, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit that was prophesied about by Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Joel, John the Baptist, and Jesus has been made available to you in Christ. Listen very carefully. The moment you give your life to God and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, His Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you and seals you. And that's how God knows that you're His own. And believe it or not, it's just like the blood that was on the door, doorpost. Sickness and disease can hover around everybody else. But because of that seal that you have, you actually have to give it permission into your life. Or you can command it to stay away from you because it has no right to be there. Somebody thank God they've been sealed. You know what is the hope of his calling. Right? His calling over your life is the basket that you can put all your eggs in. It's an anchor. It's a rock. Listen to this. Your life will never be in vain if you put all your stock in him. Letter N. You are the riches of his inheritance. I don't know if you all understand that. You are actually the riches of his inheritance. It's not buildings. Right? Which is, if you're going to be a member here at Linked Up Church, it's never going to be about buildings for us. It's going to be about people. So we're not going to use people to get stuff. We're going to use stuff to love people. And there's a difference here. Which means we're going to give a lot of it away. And we're going to help a lot of people. The building and everything God gives us are just tools to show people how much he loves them. The local church is still the hope of the world when it stops focusing on itself and focuses on Christ 
and the people that God placed it in the community to serve. There's a difference. Don't worship me. Let's all worship God. Hello, somebody. Don't put your leaders on pedestals that they don't belong on. Thank God for your leaders, but don't put them on pedestals. Pray for your leaders, but at the end of the day, we're no different than you. We just all have different assignments. Joni is our administrative assistant, but in God, she's equal. It's not pastor and administrative assistant. In God, both assignments are equal. And one doesn't have the right to lord over another one. Hello, somebody. One has a right to serve. That's all it has the right to do is to serve. Everybody clear here? So if you get a title of head something, don't let it go to your head. See it as an opportunity to serve people more. But don't wear it on your chest and demand people call you by your title. See, my name is Joel. If you call me Joel, you've called me something higher than pastor. Because Joel is who I am. That's my real self. That's my character. Pastoring is what I do. I only get to, effective past I only get to pastor effectively when Joel's character is right. See, what people want to do is use the title and say, I can still live any kind of way I want to live. You are, say, I am, I am. the richest the rich. of his inheritance. Of his inheritance. Folks, if nobody has ever told you, you are of great value to Jesus. You are so valuable to him that money could not purchase you. The only thing that could purchase you was blood. As Christ brought you back to God, God gives you back to Jesus as his inheritance. I hope you all saw that. So when we give our lives to God, God gives us to Jesus as an inheritance for his death, burial, and resurrection. And so how we make God rich is by giving more souls. And the more souls we bring into the kingdom, the richer we make God. Because we are his inheritance. Now, I want you to think about something here. I'm, just, I'm almost done. I want you to think about something. So the more you work for him, see, and the richer you make him, what do you think is going to happen to your life? See, so act, see, we're wanting him to increase us, but we won't increase him. We should never have to fight to get people to serve when the price that he paid for you was his blood. And all he's asking for is a little bit of your time. Oh, man. I got to stop. And then the exceeding greatness of his power. Let's all stand to our feet. We're done with part two. We'll pick up part three after Mother's Day. Paul says that the exceeding greatness, greatness of his power is towards us that believe. Now, now I, I want you all to really catch that. It's not towards everyone. It's only towards the ones who believe. 
How many of y'all believe God has miraculous ability? All right. How many of y'all are challenged with something right now? Do you think what you're challenged with right now is greater than him raising Jesus from the dead? That's the power that he's referring to. Same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead, according to what we read, is available to you if you believe in it. Everybody clear on that? So that means if I literally can believe that he raised Jesus from the dead, he can get me a job. He can heal my body. He can restore my relationships. He can bring my children back. Right? Everybody see that? But it's only available to the people that actually believe in it. Which means you can walk in it every single day of your life. If you choose to. Somebody say, I choose to. See, we're talking about literally the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That is the same power that conquers sin, death, and hell that's available to us in Christ. And that same presence and power wants to come and live inside of your life today, right, which will give you the ability to operate in a realm and at a level that you've never been able to operate with prior to this. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.